Welcome to Highlands and the Heartache, where we invite our brothers and sisters in Christ to share their testimonies, display authenticity in each season of life, and encourage one another to live in the victory that Jesus brings. Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were you high? Hey guys, welcome to our third episode of Highlands and the Heartache. And today we have our um, guest, her name is Louise. And um, yeah, she's right here with us today. And I just wanted to, um, yeah, give her a welcome. Welcome, Louise. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, I'm Louise. Um, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about yourself, Louise. So what Christian fellowship are you in? What's your major? What is your favorite thing to do in Ithaca at this time of the year? Okay, good question. So I'm a biology and society and history major. I... I'm a part of Chinese Bible study or CBS. Um, and favorite time of thing to do this year, probably spend as much time in the outdoors. So hiking mm-hmm. or an ideal day would be wake up, get coffee and brunch. Yes. And then yeah, go hiking. Um, and I've recently started to try to get into runs. So yeah. Oh yeah. Runs during golden hour are the best. Oh my gosh, where do you run? Um, I usually just run from like college town up to like vet school and like around like botanical gardens and stuff. So Ooh, I do that too. It's a good time. Nice. Yeah. The hills are painful, but uh yeah. they feel good after. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, so I guess like my next question for you would be like you know, what Christian fellowship you're part of, right? And what led you to join that particular Christian fellowship on this Cornell campus? And um, what do you admire about that Mm -hmm. particular fellowship? Yeah, so I think, um, so Chinese Bible study has been a student-run fellowships for like the past 50-something years. So that's something that like when I first think of is really just God's providence through all of these like generations. Like there are people in my fellowship where like their parents are part of the fellowship. So it's like amazing seeing like, God work through just these group of undergrads that are like, mm. don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but like God continually providing and like using um, CBS to encourage the people in it. And also really to, um, yeah, show his grace and show like how faithful he is like mm. through all these different generations. And um, yeah, when I think of CBS, I just think of like, yeah, Acts 2, like verses 42, um, where they talk about um, like a group of believers that, um, it says, quote, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, mm. It's just the idea of like, it really is just like a family a community. And I think, yeah, it's just like, um, we're all striving to serve one another because of what God has done for us. Mm. And um, yeah, just seeing how like through loving each other and trying to serve one another, like we have fun with it too. It's a good time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I've personally never been to CBS Bible study or um, like a large group. So I would love to like check it out and like see. Yeah, what it's you like. should. Yeah. Friday nights. Friday nights. Seven. Seven. <laughs> and Golden Smith? Yes. Yeah, 142. Yes. Come through. <laughs> plug, plug, um, plug. Kidding, but also. <laughs> shameless shout out. Um, yeah, so in light of our first series called You're the Same Through Every Season, God is the Same Through Every Season, right? Um, mm-hmm. We wanted to ask you about how your testimony and your story reflects God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, how God is the same through every um, moment and every um, just time of like, yeah, your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, so shall we just like start with getting to know a little bit, a little bit more about Louise back in her middle school and high school days? Um, like what was Louise in her teenage years like? Oh man, cringe. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just thinking back. So yeah, I think like literally just looking back, um, it's a lot of 
of just like seeing God's patience through like every stage of like middle school, high school, even now. Mm. Um, and I think, so I, my family started going to church when I was like in sixth grade yeah. and I'm super grateful for like how God has placed me in this family where, um, right. Choosing to follow him was really, um, largely like something that I chose to do instead of like being grown up in like, I know a lot of my friends have grown up in the church. Um, it's slightly different, mm. I think. Um, so I'm really grateful that like, um, yeah, that I was able to come to know God in this way, like with the, at the same time as my parents. Yeah. Um, so that has been something really special. And like, even now that like we're all growing together mm. in our walk with God, I think mm-hmm. is also um, super unique. Um, but yeah, I think middle school, I um, started to go to this youth group. So I was living in Shanghai and mm-hmm. um, it was really more for like a socializing event. And mm-hmm. I think like, um, yeah, I went because all my friends went, it was like, somehow like the cool thing to do back then in mm-hmm. sixth grade um but just seeing how like yeah it's really been a testament of god provision and how he's able to use like our own like selfish desires and like mm-hmm. our own temptations and things we want for ourselves um to really draw us near to him and glorify him and so in that way like yeah um yeah even though like i use this as a way to like make friends and stuff like god has really given me like a stable and solid foundation of like different um, spiritually mature leaders and like fellow students of upperclassmen that like I'm still in contact with today and like um, yeah and I think also coming into high school um, a part of that was something that I really struggled with coming along with like going to youth group because of like for this purpose of socializing yeah I saw it really feed into um, basically like basing off my faith and my relationship with other people so sort yeah. of feeding off of other people's um, spirituality with God um, and that was something that I really struggled with in high school where, um, really my emotions was based off of, um, how other people were doing with God. And I think I started chasing a lot of different things, um, like relationships or grades. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it was really easy for me to sort of on the outside look, say yes to a lot of different, like serving things in church, whether it be mm. like praise team or like Sunday school, but on the inside, just. Um, I don't know. It's like one of those things where like on Sundays I'd be able to serve and like, mm-hmm. um, right. Like lead worship. But then when I go home, like I would yeah. it'd be inside my room all day. Um, and I wouldn't, um, I would have no desire to want to share, right. um, or like talk to my family, um, kind of like clock in and clock out at church mm-hmm. and then like go back to like your quote unquote regular mm-hmm. life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then like, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of apathy, I think, yeah. um, for, yeah, trying to show, trying to share Jesus for the people around me and also, yeah. like, even with my family and having those discussions. Um, and, like, and part of that was that I got into this relationship. And, um, yeah, it was just a very big teaching moment, I think, that God used yeah. um, because a lot of it was out of my own, like, temptation um, and seeing how much, like, um, yeah, I didn't seek after God's wisdom or, like, pray about it. Um, mm-hmm. And, really I think high school is definitely a lot of like compartmentalizing God and like sort of Mm -hmm. putting him into where he fit. And like, I remember like whenever I would struggle with things like academically or be worried, that's the only time I would turn to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, even now, like I'm just looking back, like it's just painful to think about because this is just a slow, like stagnant process where um, I thought I knew God and I thought like I was content or complacent in like yeah, just how stagnant and like undesiring I was of knowing of wanting to learn more about God and yeah. like love him more. Um, and like, I can't even imagine how like God would view this when I'm looking at this and like I'm frustrated at my mm-hmm. past self. Right. He must have been like such a patient, like 
one, like mm-hmm. to you in those mm-hmm. seasons, right? Yeah. Um, so as you've like seen God be patient through like your middle and high school years, um, when do you feel like was a moment where you started to see God as like your God and not your like friend's God? Because you shared a little bit about how you de- depended your faith upon like your friend's relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. So was there ever a moment for you where you felt like you made like that faith like your own and you like had a relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the first time it really became real and where I realized that like, oh, okay, this God is real and that this faith that people profess that they have is real. Um, and it's not something that I can just take out whenever convenient it was definitely senior or the year before coming into college before freshman yeah. year that summer. Um, basically, um, my parents were having a lot of like relationship trouble mm. and I couldn't understand why like my earthly father who would love his family so much. And like, I've seen how like he sacrifices so much for us mm-hmm. um, how at the same time he could also, um, like hurt us so deeply, especially mm-hmm. my mom. And like, I, that was something that I couldn't get over. And I was like very angry and very frustrated. Yeah. Um, and to the point where like, I almost, like, I encouraged my mom to like leave us, um, because mm-hmm. I thought that would be the fair thing for her. Um, yeah. And I couldn't understand how someone, yeah, how someone who could love us so deeply mm-hmm. um, and so greatly could also at the same time hurt us just as much. Right. Um, and I remember like one night my parents had a really bad fight and I was like, it was like one in the morning. I was pretending to sleep in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom came in and I remember her saying to me, like, Louise, whatever happens, um, whether whatever happens to our family, whether we stay together or not, whether whatever happens to me, um, I just want you to remember that to, that God is still good and that through it all that God has always been good and he, he will always be good and mm. don't ever lose your faith in that and who God is um, and what he wow. has done for us and what he will do for us. Um, and so that was the first time when I was like, whoa, like just seeing how God like has given my mom that kind of simple obedience and mm. faithfulness to him mm-hmm. when I lack so much when I, it was so easy for me to just like approach things with, with like apathy yeah. or sort of just like putting God aside, but seeing how like my mom was able to hold on to his promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I was like, wow, dang, my mom is a solid wog. A wog. Of God. What is wog? Yeah. Woman of God. Woman of God. <laughs> yeah. There are also mogs out there. That's true. Woman That's true. God. <laughs> Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, like, fast forward to college. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, what has living for Jesus um, here at Cornell looked like for you? Yeah. So I think um, freshman year was a lot of um, chasing after sacred raisin cakes. And so for convicts, basically. <laughs> um, so actually, um, after, so this was the same summer where a lot of stuff was happening with my family. Yeah. I started reading Hosea for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the smaller books in the Old Testament. And um, I found a lot of comfort in it because basically for context, God tells his prophet Hosea to marry this prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically sort of an analogy of God's love for the Israelites and yeah. also for us and how often we forsake God for just like earthly fleeting pleasures mm-hmm. and while forgetting who God really is and like all the promises and the grace that he has in store for us yeah. and that he has already given us. Um, and it's really just a story of like intense heartbreak and like jealousy, but also like God's redeeming love yeah. and like how gracious and patient um, and like how tender his love for us. Mm. Um, and so definitely like, so I think one of my favorite verses in 
the entire, like all the Old Testament and the whole Bible that um, I think really reflected how Claude has been so far as Hosea mm-hmm. um, chapter three, verses one, um, where it basically goes, um, oh, an aside, I don't have everything memorized. I just have it prepared. <laughs> so I'm not, anyways. Wow. Um, <laughs> so vulnerable and straight up. <laughs> just putting that, putting that out there. Yes. Um, yeah. So verse one, it goes, the Lord said to me, so he's talking to Hosea. Um, go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man is and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. Like, can we just stop for a moment and think about God being like, and all of this like almighty and powerful God that likes create the universe, like the skies, the land, the sea, and mm. like sarcastically <laughs> saying like sacred raisin cakes. <laughs> like that's still like one of my favorite lines. God just being like the Israelites. Go after these sacred raisin cakes. Uh huh. So God's yeah. like not only like mighty and like cool and powerful, but like he's funny. Yeah, he's like yeah. low key savage. <laughs> he's low key high key savage. High key. Yeah. So he knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. So literally, like this verse, every time I read it, I'm just like, dang God, like mm-hmm. man. Um. But yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of freshman year was chasing after like my own raisin cakes. So like, yeah. So metaphorically, it, like what have like those like raisin cakes mm-hmm. like been in your life yeah so a huge part of it was like academics and I think like Cornell or I guess any school there was like this glorification of like being busy being busy mm. having a lot of commitments and I really tried to fill up my schedule with a lot of these like different clubs yeah. responsibilities um and really just pushing God to the side and, and then really pulling him out when it was convenient and like mm-hmm. using him as a sort of like a card to like be a part of fellowships and like find friends that mm-hmm. also were in fellowships um and also chasing after just yeah like academics um and like at that point yeah like different relations with relationships with people mm. um yeah and then I think coming into sophomore year was a lot of um me realizing that I was chasing after these things yeah um yeah um yeah so you just like briefly touched upon like your summer mm-hmm. um your sophomore year right mm-hmm. um and yeah from like talking to you like beforehand mm-hmm. about this you know I remember your summer before your sophomore year being like a very pivotal moment mm-hmm. um in your walk with God mm-hmm. so could you just like tell us a little bit yeah, more about that of course yeah. so um the summer of our sophomore year I um went I was part of this like English teaching camp that is um missionally focused so basically um I went to this teaching camp in China where we um, basically they recruit undergrad students from different colleges in the U.S. and they mm-hmm. send them to China um um, to for the main point for the main goal of um, spreading the gospel, but also as but also teaching English to the local students there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was such a powerful um, experience and testament of like, yeah, God's will. And mm-hmm. I think that was another. It's just like another example of like how patient God is. Like one that um, He was able to, yeah, that He's seen me through like middle school and high school, but he's, yeah. but He also provided me with like such a strong and vibrant um, community at Cornell, mm-hmm. um, but also giving me the opportunity to just go to China that summer mm-hmm. um, and be surrounded with um, like really spiritually mature and people who really do love God and yeah. do love Him. Um, so I think like some huge major takeaways was definitely um, seeing how. Yeah, God is able to work through. So basically, we were t- I was part of a team for the whole summer basically for like 12 
a lot of weeks. A lot. um, It would just be a lot of hours working together. Like this, for a quick recap, it's like you wake up at seven, you have Bible study, and then you teach for like seven or eight hours. You run activities, and then you close out at night with the other um, undergrad students with like um, prayer, Bible study. Um, And so we did that for like for the first camps. We go to different schools or camps, and Mm so, um, so. We did that for like a for like twelve or something days, and mm-hmm. then. Um, but I think like something that God really showed me was the importance of like actually knowing people's testimony and like mm-hmm. knowing how God is working in other people's lives. Um, where like, like what we're doing right now, exactly. Yes. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Subscribe, comment, like, all of that. Share it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like it because we weren't we were serving together so much and like praying for praying for hours for each other and like reading the word together, but mm. we didn't actually know each other's testimony and like how God yeah. was working in their lives. And so that led to a lot of like spiritual burnout. Yeah. Um, and then um, a lot of like interpersonal drama and animosity. Mm. Um, but then I remember one night before we, um, before our last night at camp where um, we were about to take communion and um, just seeing like the Holy spirit work where, um, that was, there was still a lot of like unresolved drama. And, um, one of my friends was like, okay, like we're about to like take communion. And he was like, the Holy spirit is telling me like that, that I can't, I won't, I can't take this cup and this bread with you, with y'all. Um, if we don't like come, come clean to each other and be honest about how we're struggling, um, mm-hmm. with, with our own things, with other people. Yeah. Um, and it's any reference like Matthew five, which talks about like, um, coming, going and reconciling with your brothers before mm-hmm. going to the altar, before going to God, right? Yeah. And like suddenly, like the whole night changed, like one eighty, where like, like you could tell the Holy Spirit was really working through everyone, and like mm-hmm. suddenly, like people were like embracing each other, like crying out to God together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those moments where you're like, literally, it only could have been through like grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no other sort of like human intervention where this could have happened, where everybody would have like, um, yeah, had this much love for each other. Um. When it was like already, we were when there was already so much like difficult, um, like relationship strain. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, I think like through summer, like God has really blessed me and given me a glimpse of just like a heavenward community, and like mm. I've seen, and that like how we serve one another and love one another was really only possible through um, God's grace and like His Holy Spirit working through us. Mm. Um, and I think another thing that. I really took away from the summer that um, really changed my perspective for software year was definitely seeing the urgency of the gospel in China yeah. and like seeing how precious God's word really is where I think yeah, in the yeah. States, it's so easy to take um, his word and like church for granted. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's so easy to access these things. But like in China, I remember just praying for days that like um, that I would have an opportunity to just read like a single verse out loud, mm-hmm. like not even share my testimony mm-hmm. um, or anything, but literally just read a couple words, like, read scripture like a sentence mm-hmm. um and it's just like god showed me like you know like literally just reading a scripture is so much more than than like any sort of testimony or like argument mm-hmm. that i could provide and like because god's word is just that powerful and mm-hmm. that his holy spirit can move through um right like his scripture which is god breathe and Amen. like yeah and just seeing like yeah and, like, I think that just revealed to me and it reminded me of, like, how precious and, like, sweet his word really is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that, And that was something that I lost or, like, yeah. That was an appreciation that I lost for a long time freshman yeah. year. But, yeah, and I think also quick plug for 
And then over the summer, I yeah. my friend introduced me to like the sermon by Paul Washer. Mm. Um, it's literally it's on YouTube. It's called Shocking Message by Paul Washer. But that was like another big wake up call, I think, wow. um, where he was talking about he was calling. He was part of so for context, he was speaking to a youth retreat, and then he was um, sort of rebuking them and saying like, um, "You profess that you love God and that you mm. are Christians, but do you really live a life?" Um, in which you follow Jesus. Like, can wow. you say that for sure? Um, I mm-hmm. remember like one thing that really sticks with me is he was saying like, imagine you're walking on the street and you get hit by an 18, 18 wheeler. Yeah. And then he's like, would your life be changed? Could people tell? And then he was like, in the same way, imagine you encounter the most powerful being you encounter, like the most divine creator of mm-hmm. the heavens, the earth, um, the mountains, the oceans, everything. Like, shouldn't mm-hmm. your life be changed? Like, shouldn't people, shouldn't it be obvious that people would look at you and be able to see Christ working in your life? Mm-hmm. And that was something where I was like, I don't know if I could say no to this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people outside of like my Christian bubble could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that really bled into um, and motivated me throughout sophomore year. Dang. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like encouraging me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend the sermon. It's on YouTube. Shocking message. Yeah. By yeah. Paul Washer. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I want to watch this sermon now. It's really good. It's um, sh- I was shook. I was so shook. Yeah. Cause yeah. it makes you think about like, do we live lives that require us to take risks for mm-hmm. his kingdom? You know, like, mm-hmm. are we like really living out like mm-hmm. our love for Jesus? Or mm-hmm. is it just like a thing that we do on Sundays mm-hmm. by going to church, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess like, yeah, something that I ask myself all the time as a Christian here, as a believer here is like, how do I really live for Jesus? Mm-hmm. Not like just live for Jesus mm-hmm. and say that, but like really, really, really live for mm-hmm. Jesus. And I think um, that question is um, something that like a lot of Christians um, can like relate with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially like after um, going through like a spiritual high, whether it's like, you know, you went on a mission trip or mm-hmm. you went to retreat or you had this moment with God where you just feel so intimate with him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but after that moment, when you come back to your quote unquote, like day to day life, um, people seem to like kind of be disappointed when mm-hmm. they feel like they've like, like lost that or they mm-hmm. lost that passion that mm-hmm. they once experienced um, for Jesus. So yeah, like after you came back from that mission trip, um, could you tell us a little bit more about like, you know, how God has still been faithful to you as you returned from that into mm-hmm. Cornell? Mm-hmm. Um, what has it looked like for you to, um, yeah, really live your life for Jesus here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it's once again, like really God being patient every yeah. step along the way where, um, right. I have so many highs and lows, but like God through it all is faithful and he's constant and like nothing I can do can make him love me any more, any less. Mm. Um, right. Amen. And yeah. And I think definitely, I think coming back second semester was probably so for context yeah. before sophomore semester during the summer of that missions trip, I was like, I prayed to God, um, that he would break me so that he could use me and mold me. Um, and it's a bold prayer yes, right there. And for, and if I learned anything, I've learned that that is, you should approach that prayer with lots of discretion yes. and consideration, um, because he will listen mm-hmm. and he will break you. Um, but in the best way, of course. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of sophomore year. I think a lot of God humbling me, um, mm. and showing me where a lot of my pride was and where, um, in many ways I thought, um, I didn't have sin, but Mm -hmm. exposing a lot of like, like my idols again and things that I thought that, um, 
yeah, I didn't. So like for grades, I thought he exposed me that he told, he showed me that really I was using as like my ha- studying habits phrase. And so I was phrasing it in a way of like glorifying God. Mm. Um, but God showed me that it was really just an excuse for me mm-hmm. to prioritize studies mm. and sacrifice like an hour of spending quiet time with God with mm-hmm. like reading my orgo textbook or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so sophomore, second semester was really hard. Yeah. Um, I think because I sort of started like tunnel visioning academics again. Mm. Um, and I remember, and also over committing myself again. Um, yeah. And I remember um, just, yeah, I remember like one night it was like, and like in combination with like the weather and like just all the things I had going on, mm-hmm. I was like in a very dark mental space. And like, I think that semester was the first semester where like I started getting like panic attacks. Mm. Um, I remember like one night, it was also like during the winter, um, prelim season, the prelim season is every season, but anyways, <laughs> and, um, I just came back, I came out from like a work meeting and, um, yeah. I like overstretched, I stretched myself too thin. And so basically like, I felt that, um, from that meeting, like I could tell my advisor was really disappointed in me. Mm. Um, I felt that I let a lot of people down, mm. um, and then on top of that, like, I came out of the meeting and then I was like, oh, my orgo prelim is like in two days. Mm. Um, and it was just a lot of, and that, yeah, it was just feeling very helpless and yeah. knowing that like everything was out of my control and, um, and like, I didn't really feel like I had anyone to turn to, mm-hmm. um, but like out of nowhere, like Psalm 4 came into my head. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it was exactly what I needed. Um, and it, and really like it was and that could only have been through God because one, I don't have any of the Psalms memorized. <laughs> and, um, and then like, I also like double checked. I like checked Psalm three and five. Wow, and I was like, you. No, four is exactly <laughs> what I need. Like word for word, like the first line, this is yeah. me paraphrasing. It's about like, um, the Psalmist, like David, like calling out to God. Yeah. Um, like being like, answer me, God, please. And like, it was just a moment where like literally everything in that Psalm was all the word, like, was everything that I needed to pray for. And like mm. God literally provided me the words to pray for him. Yeah. And it's like one of those moments where I saw God's grace and like just how tender his love was, even when my sin and like depravity was so deep mm-hmm. um, where God was like, yeah, like, you know, like you're like, I'm hopeless, I'm helpless. But like, even in these like quiet and the darkest moments, like God, um, like he would literally provide me the words to say like that mm-hmm. is something that like I can't like that like sh- like blows my mind that like God would love us so much that like he would intercede and pray for us sort yeah. of thing um yeah so it's a lot of sophomore years a lot of also a lot of chasing after these sacred raising cakes but mm-hmm. um, God has just continually been continually been so faithful mm-hmm. um, in spite of my unfaithfulness yeah and it's, like, almost exciting to see, like, how God's going to work mm-hmm, through our brokenness, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Um, because we know, like, we're so just, like, weak and mm-hmm. we're prone to making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And instead of, like, beating ourselves up for that, it's like, God, like, how are you going to shine, mm-hmm, you know, through, mm-hmm. like, our mistakes and mm-hmm. through, like, these weaknesses of mm-hmm, ours? Because mm-hmm. you're going to be glorified through this, you know, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, despite those sacred, sacred raisin cakes, <laughs> those freaking yeah. sacred raisin cakes, um... God's like definitely still faithful and like yeah, good through sure. that. Um, amen. Yeah, amen. 
Um, so I just wanted to thank you so much, uh, Louise, for coming on our yeah. podcast and for sh- just showing and proclaiming God's faithfulness. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, um, just thank you guys for listening and tuning in to our podcast. And remember that you got this because God's got you. Woo! All right. Um, <laughs> have a good night or evening or morning or whatever <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.